Thanks y'all for joining us today on Irrational Kindness Podcast. You all, we need you to subscribe. Subscribe to this podcast. I don't know about you, but I'm trying to interview Chance the Rapper or Terry Kelly, and we can't do that if you don't subscribe. So subscribe to all on all the different platforms that you use to listen to our podcast. But as we get into it, what's good, Kevin? Princess. What's up? Hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) You got a question? Yes. Are you an extrovert or an introvert? I am an extrovert, hands down, without a question. And uh, do you not, you've always liked to be around people? No, okay. I guess I shouldn't have said that so confidently. I do like being by myself, but for a limited period of time, like 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And after that, I'm like, all right. Where's everybody else? <laughs> come play with me. So, or come Is Kinsley an extrovert or an introvert? Uh, I, I can't tell yet because she'll play by herself for like 30 minutes to an hour and be fine. But like lights up when she sees people. That but, smile. I think she's going to be an extrovert to I see so the too. way she, uh, she plays. Seems like she can play that thing. Oh gosh. Yeah. If you get a smile, you can do it. Wait, but Kevin, are you an extrovert or introvert? I am an extrovert, but I long to be an introvert. Really? Yeah. I'm jealous of introverts Why? oftentimes. And Gwen's a great introvert. I mean, I remember when we were dating and she could just kind of go off into her world. And I'm just always like, that is so cool. She's just got this coolness about introverts. Yeah. It kind of lures you in like, like wow, where, where I want to, yeah, I got to go hang out with the introvert. Yes. But I like not getting invited to things. What do you mean? Wait, what do you mean you don't, you like not getting so invited? I like to tell uh, my family that I like not getting invited to something. It's like, it's like, yes, I didn't get invited. It's almost like you've achieved something that you don't have to go to what? or you don't have to be involved in. I don't way know. To, way to turn that on its head. When I don't get invited, I'm like, so sad, but you're like, yes. When Gwen and I were dating, I was so enamored with how she, let's say we were at a party or something. Uh-huh. This is actually before we were dating. This is because we were friends for two years before we dated. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the reason I loved her friendship is uh-huh. because if we were at a, a party or something, I could always say, hey, Gwen, you want to go get out of here and go? And she'd be like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I always had her to back me up because she would be always ready to like, yeah, I'm ready to go whenever, whenever. So wow. we could go to Fellini's Pizza or do something else. So we were just friends because she mainly would be willing to bail on anything <laughs> as early as I wanted to bail on things. That's so, cool. Um, hey, Princess. What's up? Let's get it started. You're listening to Irrational Kindness. Hi, I'm Kevin. And I'm Princess. We work with hundreds of amazing team members at our three Chick-fil-A restaurants in Canton, Georgia. We lift up the celebrity in every human. Hey, that's you. We seek to understand over being understood and prioritize kindness towards yourself and others over over everything. everything. Princess, Chance the Rapper and Tori Kelly would be amazing. Amazing. They would be amazing. But we have our own celebrity here today. We have our Canton celebrity, Daniel Trotter from the West Coast is in the house. And he is a celebrity of mine. And uh, he's his biggest celebrity. We love to talk about, we love to celebrate the celebrity and just the normal everyday person. And that's what Daniel Trotter is to me. He's a dad to Olivia and Aubrey. And you know what they call me? What? Uncle Doodle. Oh, I'm not. I do love that they call me Uncle Doodle. I think one time I told him I'm Uncle Doodle, and, <laughs> and it stuck. But Morgan is wife. Morgan's beautiful. She's so cool, and uh, you know, 
they met out there and just amazing. But his story is just one that can inspire a lot of people that start at a 15-year-old in a fast food restaurant hmm. and go on to become their own franchisee. Wow. He's a franchisee of the of Scottsdale 101 out in Arizona. It's an incredibly busy location, and he is a leader out there in his market working with other operators, and, and I just love how much passion he brings behind what he does to be the best he can. Oh, wow. Um, so, but he, but he has a story. He has a story where he, when he, when he worked for us and had a great, uh, has a great family, but had some tragedy that happened with his dad passing away mm. when he was in college. And, uh, just a memory that's etched in my mind to somebody he loves so much and somebody that is, his dad was such a server, servant attitude. And so his dad meant the world to me too, just because. He, they they just they there to help you in anything you need, especially when you're early in business trying to figure out. So let's get into it. Let's get it. Princess. What's up? Let me tell you where I got to know Daniel. I got to know Daniel when he was possibly 16. He was handsome as he is today. Uh, but just <laughs> a no, he was Daniel started with us when he was 16. But, you know, he always had this courageous spirit, I'd say, about him, this boldness that I can do anything. And I like people around me that can do anything. Mm -hmm. And so, for instance, I really needed uh, some shelves in my my garage. And he went and uh, had this idea of making me... Gwen and all the kids a different little shelf. Oh, wow. And he put their names on it and it uh and it was the coolest thing. And it lasted for I'd say maybe eight years until they broke. Wow. <laughs> We put too much on it. But That's Daniel awesome. was that kind of guy. My only toolbox is Gwen's toolbox and it's pink. <laughs> and uh so Daniel has a lot of tools. Yeah. Let's give it up for Daniel Trotter, first Woo! of all. How did you get so good at uh, with your hands and uh, and just this this uh, fixing anything? Well, Kevin, I don't know that I'm so good with it for one, but I would say I, I grew to have an interest in that because I always watched my dad fix everything. There's nothing my dad couldn't fix. So I grew up as a boy and and watched him replace toilets or build things wow. or whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, we didn't hire workers at my house. My dad fixed it. And even the internet, when he came over and fixed it at my he, house, he like. fixed your internet. I remember <laughs> yeah. that. And he was sick as a dog. I think he had the flu or something. Oh, no. And he was there fixing your internet. And that's just kind of who he was. I remember one time we were fixing something on the roof and throwing ropes because it was a high pitched roof. So you were like hanging off the chimney on one side. It was crazy. So what do you, you, you went to, uh, what high school? Tell us about your younger years. What were those like? Yeah. So, uh, grew up in Canton, uh, kind of my whole life was here. Went to Sequoia high school, uh, Dean Rusk middle school, right around the corner. And, uh, and then eventually went to Reinhardt college so that I could, uh, continue working for you when I, uh, when I started that when I was 16. What made you decide to come to work at 16? Did you, did you start right when you were 16? So I started in September of 2001, and I turned 16 in July. Uh, so uh, almost 19 years ago, which is wild to think about. Incredible. And 
Coming to work at Chick-fil-A was the last thing in the world I wanted to do. What? But what transpired was I was turning 16. My brother was turning 17. And so when my brother and I were getting our driver's license, my dad said that he had a car. He was going to get a car for us to drive, but we had to pay for the gas and the insurance. And so I went all up and down Riverstone Parkway looking for a place to work. Really wanted to work at the movie theater, but they weren't hiring. Kind of exhausted all my options. And I was at school one day and I had a friend named Cody that worked for you. And Cody's like, well, we're hiring. Why don't you come work for us? And I kind of reluctantly did it because I wanted to drive the car. And you were gracious enough to hire me. Do you remember who did you interview with? I remember interviewing with you. And, uh, and God, I, that was intimidating. I bet. Was that intimidating? Oh, yeah, it was crazy. What did I, uh, what do you remember from that? The only thing I remember from the interview is you asked why I wanted to work at Chick-fil-A. And I told you because you allow people to wear hats and I like to wear hats and I wanted to wear a hat when I go to work. <laughs> <laughs> and you hired me anyway. Okay. Tip, tip to those that you're looking for a job. That's not yeah. always your go-to. That is yeah, not that, a good answer. <laughs> Keep, give us more. Yeah. That, that was a bad answer for sure. <laughs> Today, princess, what would you do with the, if somebody answered? Because I like a hat. Gosh, thank you so much for your interest. <laughs> Let's uh, that's why you can't trust is the first answer. You got to dig, don't you? Yeah. So what happened? So you started, then what was that like when you started? Did you, you turn know, Kevin, start liking it more quickly? Kevin, I, I loved it from the day I started. Like the actual work, uh, it was hard work, but it was fun work to me. Uh, I got to work with my friends and, uh, and I just loved it. I thought it. I thought it was great. Just at the time thinking of, oh, this is my you know, kind of high school gig and it, it gets me through high school and it's a, it's a cool place. There's cool people. And, and so that was, that was wonderful. Did you ever think about quitting during those times? Was there anything that popped up? That I, thought I did. At one point in time, I was probably a senior in high school and just thought about quitting. And I actually talked to you about it and you encouraged me to do it. And you said, I think it's great if you want to go explore other things and see what it's like. And you've got a place here if it doesn't work out. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's, it's wonderful. And so I remember going and thinking about what, what would I want to do? And there was a factory that made blinds and shutters. And I was like, oh, woodworking, that sounds kind of fun. So I went and talked to them and, and quickly realized that there's very few places like Chick-fil-A. And even within Chick-fil-A, there's very few places like Kevin Williams Chick-fil-A. That's sweet. That's sweet. Well, you did always have a boldness and courageous because when you then got into college, you always approach things with a certain kind of flair or creativity around college, paying for college. Is that (laughs) something you feel like you were just born with? Oh, I would just call it the entrepreneurial spirit within me. Right. Uh, just just maybe looking uh, looking for interesting ways to stay ahead of the game instead of getting behind the eight ball. Do you think of yourself as a guy who is bold and courageous, or do you think of your guy that plays it safe? Uh, I would say I'm risky. Hmm. I Tell like, me about that. I like to take risks, whether it be with uh, decisions I make or investments I make or whatever. I would say I like to play it. I like to be risky. I would say I lean towards the safe side with my family and protecting my family and my mm. kids and my wife. I probably lean more towards the safe side. Uh, but with the things that I kind of dabble in, I like to, I like to live on the edge a little. What made you keep going through as you were going through, I mean, college and doing college and Chick-fil-A hanging on to Chick-fil-A is not easy. Mm. No. What made you decide to do it? 
Yeah. So I think going through the journey and working for you, I think I always kind of had this interest and was maybe one foot in, one foot out on if this was going to be a long-term career for me. And then probably the turning point looking back, and I didn't know this at the time, but the turning point looking back is when my dad died. Mm -hmm. And I know you remember that, but... I remember that afternoon very clear. Yeah, yeah. And and when I when I think back through those moments and what happened, it's like you were the first person to bring us a meal uh, mm-hmm. from Chick-fil-A. And then when you think kind of longer term, the people that I worked with and you and, and the people around me at Chick-fil-A were the ones that continued to stay around me. Wow. There was a lot of people that were there like when it happened and then it was kind of like taboo to talk about or, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Awkward, if you will. Mm. Um, but, but my kind of Chick-fil-A crew was the crew that kind of stuck in there with me and, you know, weren't afraid if I broke down crying at work out of nowhere or whatever the case may have been. Absolutely. Wow. That was what year where you were in, in college? Cause you're here, you are, you're playing baseball for Reinhardt uh, university. You're also uh, working and then your dad passed away. What year were you? And that would have been my junior year of college. And how did you, how did you get through that? Oh, geez. A lot of great people and a lot of prayer and uh, a lot of struggle. Hmm. What did uh, what did Reinhardt University mean to you during that time? Oh, Reinhardt was wonderful. I think uh, when I think back uh, about that time at Reinhardt, it was so orchestrated the way that I was where I was at um, Hmm. because I had a wonderful roommate, Chad, uh, that him and his family were were there. And then Nurse Al uh, at Reinhardt and then one of my professors, Dr. Yelvington. Wow. Um, they were just, they were surrounded around me and in my court the whole time. What did you uh, love about Reinhardt? Why did you choose Reinhardt to go to Reinhardt? Oh, I think there was a lot of reasons I chose to go to Reinhardt. I think um, being able to continue my job was was one of those. Being able to be a part of the baseball program was a reason. Just the way I'm wired, I was... Uh, I felt like I would put myself in a better position to be more successful in a smaller environment versus a larger university. Yeah. What did you learn from your dad? I know we talked about it a little bit, but what what kind of stuff did you learn? What what did I not learn about from my dad? I think is maybe the easier question. I I think one of the things that, that I remember vividly is um, I probably learned the most from my dad through his actions, not his words. Yeah. And at one point when he was a, uh, supervisor. He worked for Bell South, which is now AT and T. And um, I remember he was going to have to let somebody go the next day, mm. and you could just tell the weight and the burden uh, that he carried. And and I think my mom's even told me he didn't sleep at all that night, kind of yeah. tossed and turned all night. And um, and I, and so I would say just the ability to see people as people and mm. not like assets to a business or or uh, transactional, but to really see them as people. Gosh. That's incredible. What's your What's your approach to uh, taking care of people from your experience? You have such a whiz wise experience, starting in high school through college. You know what it feels like to be a team member at the entry level, right? How do you approach that today to uh, as a franchisee? I think I think the big thing and the and the unique thing about Chick Fil A is it's truly a people oriented organization. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you got to just keep the people at the forefront. Like even when, you know, all the paperwork or whatever may be getting in the way, uh, nothing ever is more important to, than the people that are around you in the business. Mm. And uh, and so I think 
you know, it comes in all sorts of different ways, but, but I think just learning about people, learning what their interests are. Um, and then you eventually learn what their needs are. And, and we were put on this earth to help meet the needs of other people. And, uh, you know, share the love of Christ through the gifts that he's given us mm. to other people. So you have a ping pong table right now. Do you do that through ping pong? Cause oh, you have ping pong table. And apparently you're not bad at ping pong. Oh, you know, you know what? So with our dining rooms closed because of uh, COVID-19, we brought a ping pong table into oh, the wow. dining room. That's awesome. And it's super fun. It's awesome. And I was kicking everybody's tail at ping pong Come on. <laughs> until we hired this one girl last week on her very first no. day in the middle of orientation. Like it's, it's kind of an orientation requirement now. They have to play me in ping pong. Right. And she beat me. Like, oh, wow. And she didn't just beat me. She destroyed me. What? Yeah. Uh, did she I'm, keep her job? She still has her <laughs> she job. She actually got promoted. <laughs> <laughs> She's got her job, but I but I still have a lot of pride hurt uh, oh. around this one. Does she play ping pong? Like, or was she just really, was it a lucky game? Uh, no, I mean... I think she's just naturally good at it. Yeah. Uh, she said she had a ping pong table growing up, but she hadn't played in years. Mm. And then I've been playing like three games every day. And I mean, she beat me like 11 to five or something. Oh, wow. It was bad. How do you manage competitiveness? Because I got a feeling. Can you sense oh, a little competitiveness? Just a, just a little competitive. <laughs> yeah. Which is great when you need uh, people's names on your uh, on your shelves that yeah. he builds. And it's but uh, bad if you're uh, if you're beating uh Playing ping pong in your dining room. (laughs) But you got a competitive spirit. We know that. How do you manage that with this level of caring for people? I think you bring people into the competition. And I think healthy competition is a lot different than unhealthy competition or or making people feel inferior uh, through competition. I think uh, healthy competition helps raise the bar for all of us, uh, myself included. So I think it's, it's more about just bringing people into that game and play that game together. You manage this competitive spirit with your team and what performance. And then what happens if I don't live up to the expectations in your store? That's a good question. I, I would say that uh, first off, there's there, there's a lot of care that's involved in that. And, and we don't expect somebody to meet the expectations from day one. Like it's it's a it's a learned trait that you would have to have. And I think through series of conversations and, and encouragement, most people step up to the plate. The ones that I would say don't would be the same group of people that have learned that they just don't enjoy the restaurant environment and, and the restaurant work. You have to realize we are a restaurant. Right. You went to the out to the West Coast. So you graduated from Reinhardt and then you're like, Kevin, let's 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 go out to the West Coast. Orange County's a shell shock compared yeah. to Canton, Georgia. <laughs> so but you did you 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 were ready to go on what adventure and you kind of led a lot of Chick-fil-A's growth out on the West Coast. Um, what made you decide to be bold for and do that? What what were you scared or did you like, hey, this is the next adventure? You know, I, I was never scared until I got on the airplane knowing it was a, a one-way ticket i remember mm. the entire flight i had butterflies oh gosh uh going out and and that probably lasted about a week or so and i think i just realized like hey it's time to pull up your bootstraps and make this happen and if it works that's great and if it doesn't that's fine too it's a, it's an experience that we've been given and i mean i had never been that far away from home in my life Hmm. And and so it was a great opportunity for me to just kind of get out and spread some wings and meet some new people and learn more about the business and it was a ton of fun. What would you what do you tell people right now that are going through what 
the you know trying to want want to be their own franchisee and want to own their own business. What do you tell young people that are in college or out of college and have these dreams? Yeah, so um, I think there's a lot of tactical things that you can tell them about you know the type of workload that they're going to take on and and what they're what they're going to do. But I think maybe the most important thing is don't wrap your identity into what you're doing. That's mm-hmm. good. That's good. And have you ever been overwhelmed at Chick-fil-A? Oh, Where you're yeah. Like, I don't know what to do now. Oh, yeah. What do you do then? Freezer moments. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about yes. that. Go scream in the freezer. Yes. I, I would say um, probably the most overwhelmed I've ever been was um, we were in a really bad staffing spot. And I was still a fairly new operator trying to figure out, you know, the how how things worked and and I remember vividly uh December seventeenth of two thousand fourteen. Oh wow. Uh when my second daughter was born and it was great. She was born early in the morning, a joyous occasion, and I remember having to be back at the store that day for lunch. Gosh. And yes. um I think that was a real eye opening thing for me of like if I can't if I can't figure out how to do this differently then I don't need to be doing this. But you just kept going through it. And I don't know that you could script out exactly what happened in your career to be such a huge success in Scottsdale that you are. But I'm just proud of you. I'm Mm -hmm. proud to be on the journey with you. And uh, I'm inspired by the way you love people. I'm inspired by the way you love your family. Um, I'm inspired by the way you love being a business person. And, uh, you, you know, we're in it together, figuring it out, and I love uh, locking arms with you and doing it together. Well, we're we're all in it together, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's people that have inspired me, and that's what we're we're able to continue to do it. Do it. All we want to do is see some hope, mm-hmm. and and hope is what encourages, I think, all of us. And so, when you just can live and see hope in tomorrow, mm-hmm. then you can go and do anything, and you can kind of go in any battle together, and uh, and you can hang on to competition. And care for people equally, can't you? Absolutely, you can. I would just say, uh, just encourage folks that your character is the same no matter what situation God puts you in. So mm-hmm. no matter what job you're in or family position you're in, um, your character will carry you through all of those things and that uh, to focus on that character that's been placed within you. Man, that was an incredible interview with Daniel. Yeah, Daniel is an amazing guy. And and the the fun thing is knowing him through his high school and his college, you know, to be able to manage in college, work, get all these dreams and manage all the different things. It just takes a lot of work and a lot of ups and downs, but he had his priorities always um, on, you know, trying to get better and Mm. making these opportunities for himself. And he did it in a courageous fashion because they weren't always didn't have an easy path to understand where it was going, but really proud of him. Gosh, that's real. And even this, this mentality of putting people over profits or just keeping the main thing of like caring for people. I think that takes a lot of courage too, because it's super easy to just stay focused on what you're doing or just to get distracted. And to tame his, tame his competitiveness that he has, but to keep his, keep his heart in the right spot. Yeah, that's real. That's an awesome combo, isn't it? Y'all, if you want to find out more details about Daniel, check out his family, go to irrationalkindness.com. But until the next time, be kind, stay irrational. We out. Gotta get in while you can. Gotta get out while you can. Gotta get in.
while you can. Gotta get out while you can. Play your cards right, middleman. Play your cards right, middleman. Play your cards right, man. And check your gauge. Check your gauge. Check your gauge. Check your gauge.